while you're casting all your care upon him. Be vigilant while you're casting all your care upon him. Because your adversary, the devil, aren't you glad your adversary is not your sister-in-law, your mother-in-law, or your brother-in-law, or your friend beside you? God defined who your adversary is. Now, whose report do you believe? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, who resists steadfast in the faith, know that that same affliction are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You're not the original. Hallelujah. But God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory, by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, Make you perfect. That's why you're suffering. Established. That's why we're suffering. Strengthen and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, one more time in your presence, we come humble before you, God. And we ask for your guidance. We ask for your leadership. We ask for you, God, to speak to us like no one else can speak. In the name of Jesus, talk to us, God. I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Put your Bible down and clap your hands to the Lord. All ye lands. Clap your hands to the Lord. Give God the high praise. So give God the high praise. The high praise. The high praise. Praise God, praise God. By the way, let me digress a little bit here. Chapter 4 and verse 16 says, same book, But if any man suffers a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Because judgment must begin at the house of God. Isn't that wonderful? God start judgment at you. Let me see that. My title tonight is Your Adversary, the Devil. Tell the person beside you, you have an, an, an adversary. You have an adversary. You, I don't hear it out there. Tell the person beside you, have an adversary. It's not your mother-in-law. It's not your father-in-law. It's not your workmate. It's not your sister. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. God said, your adversary is the devil. You have an adversary. God asked the devil, Satan, Where have you been, Satan? He said, I've been running to and fro in the earth. I'm going to tell you why he has to run. He's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipotent. So he's just a created being like you and me. The difference is we're created out of different materials. And we were made a little lower than the angels. But he's not that great as you think he is. Now, I've always told people that, in leadership training, that you always keep your enemy close to you. And keep your adversary, and keep your, you know, keep your enemy close to you and your friends far. Well, that's a paradox. How can I keep my friends far from me and my enemy close? You want to know what your enemy's up to. 
You need to know that. That's the secret of combating in conflict. You need to know what your enemy's thinking, where your enemy is at. Now, most people will avoid their enemy, but wise people keep their enemy pretty close to them. Because you need to know what your adversary is up to. That's why we got spies. The whole purpose of a spy is to see the unseen. And that which is forbidden to be seen. Your, ad- your adversary does not want you to see what they're up to, what they're doing, and how they're going about what they're doing. And the Bible describes the adversary of humanity is the devil. Now, in Revelation, it's very plainly said, in chapter 20, that the devil went out and deceived the whole world. He did what? He deceived the whole world, the Bible says in chapter 20 and verse 7 and 8 of Revelation. And then it tells us also in Genesis that there's a woman that says, The devil deceived me. Now, deception is what your adversary will always use to overthrow you. Your adversary, number one weapon against you is deception. To make you believe a lie. And once they get you believe the lie, then come the next strategy, a knockout. And so I want to talk to you about your adversary, the devil. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. That's why he runs. But our God, he fills the universe. God is everywhere. Now, I want to tell you that before creation of this earth, God and angels existed. Before angels were created, God alone existed. Angels are creating beings. They're not eternal. They don't have eternal life. They can die. What we call the second death. For you, it's the second death. For them, it's the first death. And so, we know that angels are created beings. Guess what? Satan is a created being. And at the beginning, I want to tell you, everything associated with Satan has fallen. When you look at the Scripture, I'm going to give you a quick synopsis here. In your Bible, anything associated with Satan will fall. Jesus, I see Satan falling as lightning, as a star from heaven. Daniel chapter 2 talks about his kingdom on earth. It says the image had fallen. Then we see Babylon that represent the kingdom of Satan. And even today, it says Babylon has fallen. Judas, who opened his heart to Satan, Judas fell and his belly gushed out. We are told that this world belongs to Satan. He said, all this kingdom will I give you. He says, the kingdom of this world has fallen. We read also in chapter 13 of Revelation and chapter 7 of Daniel that the seven heads, amen, and the horns and the ten horns belong to Satan. And the Bible says it has fallen. So Satan has fallen. And a long history of falling arrangements. Anything belonging to Satan is going to fall. Angels that left their first estate, they fell with him. 
let me tell you, saints, at the beginning, God want you to know tonight, give no place to the devil. I could move the word down, put adversary. Give no place to your adversary. Give no place to the devil. It says, resist the devil, and he will, not may, he will flee from you. He shall flee if you will resist him. He, he can be resisted. You say, Amen. Number three, the Bible says, you can't drink from the devil's cup and the Lord's cup. You're about to get poisoned. You can't eat from the devil's table and God's table. You're not going to be nutritiously fed. You cannot, amen, have fellowship with devils. You cannot sacrifice to devils. You cannot be ignorant of the devices of the devil. You cannot allow yourself, amen, to let the devil use his wiles and gain the advantage over you. And you must know you can cast out devils. You must know that you can overcome the beast and the false prophets and all the devil's wiles. You can. Now, Satan is a livid, born daily to accuse the brethren. He is your accuser. In other words, he's your prosecutor. And his greatest weapon is lies and discouragement, persecution, and tribulation. But thank God the people of God can overcome the world, the wicked one, and the devil. You can't. Satan, the Bible said, has, amen, stolen the word from the first ground. When the seed was sown, the devil stole the seed. The second ground, he persecuted that ground, and the Bible says they were rooted up. And the third ground, he choked them up, but the fourth ground overcame him. We can be overcomers. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. He that overcometh, overcometh in the name of the Lord. Satan is afraid when a child of God understand who the devil is, what he cannot do, and know his limitation. Your adversary does not want you to know their limitation. They want you to think they're big and you know, explosive, but you need to understand this morning, I mean tonight, that the devil can be defeated. Satan will fall. Babylon will fall. The kingdom of this world will fall. Judas has fallen. And all those saints that falling away to him will also fall. Now, church, hear me. There are seven things the devil is afraid of. He's afraid of any Christian who knows the Word of God. Number two, Satan is afraid of the blood of God. Satan is afraid of the name of God. Satan can't understand the faith in God. Satan is trembling when you mention one God. Satan is afraid when you have a word of testimony. Oh, Satan is afraid of this kind called prayer and fasting. When he sees it, he trembles. He knows that he cannot stand up to God's admonition. Thank God we are in the Lord's army. There's a flag flown out from the 
cast on my heart and the devil can't deal with that thank God I've got an overcoming power that can slay the adversary I've got the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness the shield of faith and my Lord's girl with the truth and the preparation of the gospel hallelujah and the sword of the spirit we can overcome the adversary you can overcome the adversary you can overcome the adversary tell Satan I might be discouraged but I'm not defeated oh, worship the Lord now the world draw a picture of the devil that's not real they reverse the photographs they draw a nice effeminate look of Jesus Christ nice looking Hollywood style boy, boy Jesus that's how they see of Jehovah Jr. <laughs> nice handsome harmless looking picture Michelangelo picture of him that's a lie from the pits of hell Isaiah 53 screamed no he had no beauty that when you see him you be attracted with his beautiful eyes and fancy wavy hair. He don't have no son. He was the ugliest thing ever came on mankind. He was the most ugliest thing we have seen, friend. He was ugly and the apostles were ugly. And the reason why I know that they couldn't tell the difference between him and the apostles. Well, I got a feeling as ugly as I am, I was better looking than Jesus. That things were for him. That nobody would desire him. Hallelujah. But the master Satan, his beauty, corrupted him and brought iniquity into his life. And so the world is attracted to beauty. I'm going to tell you, Barabbas, when he was brought in contrast to Jesus, I think he was an handsome debonair. Look at that ugly, bloody Jesus. Who wants him? It was easy to make a decision. Give us Barabbas! Away with Jesus! If you ever want to win politics, make sure you buy a toupee. If you're bald. They're not going to vote for a bald-headed man. There's no bald-headed man in Parliament. You don't see too many. They will never be present for sure in the States. They better be young and handsome-looking. And this nice, fine, you know, the kind of fine texture that get Grammy Awards. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why McCain couldn't win against Obama. He was just too handsome. Girls are falling over and tripping over. Amen. I've never had one go trip over me except trying to run from me and fell. Towards me, no way. Hallelujah. But the devil, he was not and will not be God. Now, the Bible says in the book of the Bible, chapter 14 of Isaiah, and Ezekiel 28, if you want a description of the origin of Satan, remember now, God has neither beginning of days nor ending of days, but Satan has a beginning. I want to tell you people, when Satan come against you, remind him that you don't have a past and he has no future. 
Hallelujah. Because his future is not very good. And so, the Bible said he was in the garden. And here's what Eve said. The serpent beguiled me. You see, these animal lovers, you walk to the something about them and the devil them together. Right? The serpent beguiled. You know what beguiled means? Deceived me. And Ezekiel is described as the one that was among the beautiful garden of God and the, the beautiful tapestry of stones. Until he got all lifted up in his heart, in those two books, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, described him and said, I will be above the Most High God. I heard disturbing news on the radio on my way of rebellion, no matter where it comes from, whether from the pulpit or the pews, God is reminded of Satan. The first person to ever rebel was Satan. He is the father of rebellion. Whenever anybody is lost, in fact, the word God used towards him is iniquity was found in him. Every form of rebellion origin comes from the devil. No matter how good your intentions are, no matter how good your cause may sound like. That's why I told those men, I told my friend all the time, I said, look guys, I am not interested in rebellion or being a part of it. Because on your way out, you have to face God. And God always sees no difference between the two. Satan and rebellion. In fact, he told some people who try to enter into the kingdom of God. He said, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Notice the word. Iniquity. I never knew you. Now, the only place that it got origin was in Satan. It was first found in him. And the devil's huntsman, the, the lynchman, is called the mystery of iniquity. It means lawlessness. We're in a lawless society. Now, Ezekiel described him very well in chapter 28. Go then and read it for yourself. I haven't got time to believe in Scripture right now. But Isaiah 40 described also, if you want to know the origin of Satan, you've got to go to those two chapters. And you're going to realize he's limited. He don't have all power. He doesn't know what you're thinking. He can't make you do it. So the song, the devil make me do it, is a lie, lyric. It's lies. He can make you do it. He may entice you. He may encourage you. He may deceive you and try to guide you towards it. But he can't make you do it because he doesn't have that authority. Now the Bible said he attacked Job. So he'll attack you too. He also provoked David to do the forbidden. That's why people got temptation. Temptation does not come from God. God said, I tempt no man. Yet every man is tempted. So obviously every man is being messed around by the devil. Satan, he provoked David. And he lied to God about Job. I was thinking this morning, how would you react if God was to allow you to become discouraged? How would you really react? Satan have a little saying about you and me that when we're discouraged, what we're going to do, what we won't do. And then God said, no, they won't do that. They said, they will. They said, watch this. 
And he attacked Job very severely. But thank God Job prepared by worship and pray. Satan get confused when a child of God going through stress, strain, tribulation, and problems and still have worship. The devil don't understand why we're not whining and complaining and accusing fools. Is that God said, and yet Job charged God not foolishly. Even though his wife suggested he didn't do it because he knew that's from the adversary. Satan opposed the high priest at his right hand to oppose him. He will oppose you. He is the opposing force. If a Satan entered the heart of Judas, hello, when he left that table, and he possessed him. While he was in Christ's presence, he could not do it. When you step across that line, amen, then you're in trouble. And he entered in the heart of Judas, and Judas betrayed Jesus. That's why the Bible says, With all diligence, protect thine heart. It's the issue of life center. Do not open up that heart to the devil. He will get in, and he won't come by himself. He'll bring seven more, more wicked than himself, and they will take over. And so the Bible says, Christ was taken up on the mount of temptation by the devil to be tempted. Three times he wants Jesus to question his origin, question his mission. Had Jesus known that that was not the first time that ever approached him, because as a babe in the manger, the Bible said Jesus, the Christ child, was sought after by Herod. Herod is a Christ killer. Every church age have a Christ killer. If there's one thing the devil wants to do, it's to kill the knowledge of Christ out of your life. He wants to obliterate from your mind the love of God. If he can turn you against God, he'll try it by trials, by temptation, by tribulation. And so Paul says, we are not ignorant of the devices of Satan. That means the strategies of Satan. Oh, I wish to God people recognize this is coming from the devil. This is not normal. This is the devil at work. And I'm going to take a stand. And we're going to all stand. Hallelujah. He said, look, I'm buffeted. But I know where it came from. That's a messenger of Satan trying to talk to me. And I'm not going to give in to his messenger. I'm going to resist him in prayer. I'm going to go to God. You will never hear me come to this church and pray and cry and whine. I'm not going to do it. Because I know in whom I believe. I know when I believe in Him. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says the Christ child, 12th chapter of Revelation, it said that the devil, amen, sit in the mouth of the woman, ready to devour her babe. As soon as it was born, he's talking about Jesus in the manger. The devil wanted to destroy that Christ child. Just like he wanted to destroy you as a child of God. If you will allow him, he will. I'm telling you, honey, I've got a revelation. Satan is not omniscient. He won't know what I'm thinking until I tell him. 
You have the power of me unless I give it to him. I can resist him. He's not all powerful. I recognize greater is he that is now in me called the Holy Ghost that he that's out there called the ghost of the world. I'm trying to tell somebody, Satan is your adversary. And the way you do deal with your adversary, keep your eye on him. Hallelujah. The Bible says, give no place to the devil. Not even an inch. I told you one time, during the conference we had this year, I was racked, and my wife was racked with pain. I refused to give the devil one credit. I said, God, whether you heal me or not is irrelevant. You're still a healer. I'll still pray for people. When I'm sick or not sick, because I don't want the devil to think you got a score. He's not going to put the puck in that net. I will not. I'm going to block it. Hallelujah. With overcoming faith. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things. Why? Because just like the babe Jesus resisted him as a babe, so he did as a man. Christ said, The devil cometh and has nothing on me. Oh, that's a good feeling. That's a good feeling. Oh, the day is over. He's got nothing on me. I can walk in God's presence and feel free. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And so the Bible says, the devil is your adversary. Now Satan, when he comes, he comes as a legion. Because he knows how powerful God's people are when they realize who they are. We have the tenacity and the power and the propensity as one to put a thousand to flight. And two, ten thousand. That's the kind of average, amen, leverage we got over the devil. But some of us don't use it. We throw away the shield of faith. You can't hurry up your trials to be over. All you can do, honey, is endure it. And to God, so that's enough. Satan, you've gone too far. Legions. Falling storm. This man was possessed by legions. He lost his identity. Jesus said, what's your name? My name is Legion. Can you imagine that? That was not the man talking. That was the devil who possessed his life. That was the devil that moved in and stole from him his identity. That's why I said, give no place to the devil. Don't give him no occupancy in your life. When he comes and knocks at your heart door, say, come on, Satan, you can't come in. There's no room for Satan in there. For Jesus lives there. And there is no room for Satan in my life. Hello, I'm a new man. I gave the eviction notice to Satan. Get out of my life. You are evicted. I'm under new management. I'm free from the power of sin and the law of sin and the penalty of sin. And you don't have authority over my life. I'm a free man. I hate you and you hate me. And that's an agreement. Hallelujah. Hello. The Bible said, Peter asked, and asked Sapphira, how did this happen? How come Satan was able to get in your heart to convince you to lie to the Holy Ghost? Now, they lied over this and lost their soul because they forgot the message that Jesus preached. What would a man give in exchange for his soul? That's the answer they should have given to Satan. 
when he came to them and make an offer, he said, Satan, there is no profit in this exchange. I am worth more than what you offer me. They die for so foolish little and give so much. How? And Satan went in the heart of Annas and Sapphira to lie to the Holy Ghost. And he cost them their walk with God. What a shame. But Apostle Paul, facing the same adversary, that's why God said, none of us here are special. The same persecution you're going through. I promise you, somewhere on this earth, there's another Christian person going through the same problem you're going through. Identical problem. Some quit, and some refuse. Some whine and cry all, and some just stand firm. Hallelujah. And some curse God, and some magnify God. Amen. But I want to tell you, friend, it's common to man. Paul said, all temptation that come to us is common to man. All persecutions are common to man. All tribulation is common to man. All rejection is common to man. All buffeting is common to man. But through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. I'm trying to tell you, I have an adversary. And the adversary, I can't see him, but I can sense him. i got the Holy Ghost that can discern him. And Paul says, this messenger is not from God. I read the book of Nehemiah and Ezra, Sandas and Tobias, when they could overthrow the faith of these men. They hire spiritualists, backsliders, to come and speak a word of prophetic lies to the men of God. And said, No, we know God didn't send them, because that don't ring true. Joesophat said, That voice don't sound like God. No, you know, if, if you're a God friend, you can tell the difference. I say you can tell the world about this. You can tell the world about that. You can tell the Comforter has come. And he brings joy to my soul. My Lord knew what I needed most. So he baptized me with the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is power from on high. But give me power to resist the Satan and to resist the world. And say, so, look, I know that voice. It's not the voice of God. I wish to God Eve had known that. I wish to God Adam had known that. But somehow they didn't. But Paul said that's from the devil. Hallelujah. Hello. People are falling for voices. Praise God. And God told one church, Satan the casting of you in prison for ten days. Meaning ten years of persecution. Would have been nice if I said, now guys, the devil planned to put you in prison, but I wanted to get you out before you get there. No. They went right there. And God said, be faithful until death. You see, God can choose that you spill blood to be saved. I know the world totally don't have to, but they're lying. There are people right now in the world dying for his name. Paul says, you have not yet shed blood for this cause. You may have some inconveniences and some social ills that come your way, but you have not shed blood. You have not been arrested and punched in the nose and breathed that red precious blood of your body. You have not had your ears cut off or your fingers chopped off and being persecuted. You have not seen that, church. Be honest. But that don't mean it's not happening around the world. Some are being beheaded. Read the articles in the paper. 
Christian churches, entire burned down with shoulders around, you can't get out. And they offer up a sacrifice, a holocaust. Well, the devil's one doing it, persecuting the church. All right? And so the Bible says, Paul says, I know it's my adversary. Now, here's a lady, a daughter of Zion. You say, Well, I'm a Christian, I'm a daughter of Zion. That don't mean you can't be attacked by the devil. For 20 odd years, she's like this. And those religious convicts wouldn't let God heal her. And God says, She's the daughter of Abraham. She deserved my healing. And God said, Let's heal her because Satan had her bound for all these years. I'm telling you, friend, once I was bound, but now I'm free. I never thought it could happen to happen to me. Somebody told me that in sorrow I can be made glad. Somebody told me in the horror of it all I can know Jesus Christ and thank God I've overcome the adversary. Hallelujah. And so she got released. What about the lying spirits that talk to this, these prophets? A hundred and, I mean, 450 prophets lying. But the men of God said, that's not God. Are you church that tune in yet? You can tell the voice of God from the voice of the serpent? Can you tell the difference? The devil will talk through your friends, your family, your teacher, your workmate. Can you tell the difference? That's not of God. That's the devil talking. And he said, isn't there a word from the Lord? Is there a word from God? I'm trying to tell you, friend, whether the serpent is talking or the dragon or the beast or the false prophet, you ought to know the difference. My sheep know my voice. Lots of animals, they are sharp at imitating the voice of other beasts to trap you, to deceive you. Think about it. But if you read the Bible, it says that there's a devil in chapter 12 of Revelation. Go there and you find a woman and the dragon sit at their mouth to destroy her and brought a crowd against Israel to hurt her. And the Bible says about the church, night and day, I got accusation. God, do you know what? So and so is doing this. God, so and so is not loving you. So and so is complaining. God said, night and day, they are bringing accusation against the saints of God. But I'm so glad God's not listening to it. God's pushing it aside and saying, you got the wrong number. I know my people are worshipers. They're not warriors. They are warriors for God. I'm so glad God can boast on us. Did Abraham live up to what God said he would do? God says, I know Abraham, angels, that he will raise up and command his children to keep my commandments. This guy had no kids. But God said it about him. And I asked the question to myself, did God ever see the come to pass, or did Abraham let God down? I've learned by experience. Every Christian on trial, like James, like Peter said, don't be ashamed when Christianity is facing with trials and tribulation and buffet. It's common among our people. It's after our brethren around the world. Amen. In fact, we're told one place, come all joy. Not joy that I'm being beaten up, but joy that the end of it will be beautiful. 
I'm looking at the end, not the beginning. And so the Lord, amen, is saying, Abraham won't do this, Abraham won't do that. But when Abraham slipped up and quit listening to God, he almost lost everything he had. And God said, get out of there, Abraham. You're in the wrong place. Go back to the place where altar is built. Because he built no altar in Egypt. He prayed no prayer in Egypt. But when he came out of that situation that he was in, God turned around and spoke to him again and made him a promise. And Abraham's faith was renewed, but Satan was trying to destroy Abraham through Hagar and brought Ishmael to be a thorn in the side of Isaac forever. Ishmael is the birth of Satan. It was not a child of promise. It came from the flesh. Now, the devil does not abide in the truth. And the devil will not let you love truth. Now, you may say, I know truth, but you're not valiant for it. You're not for it, and you're not against it. You're just neutral. And God said, I would to God you were hot or cold. But you're lukewarm, I'm going to get sick on you and spit you out. Think about it. And there are seven churches in Revelation. In all those seven churches, Satan invaded every one of them. Only two survived. Only two he could not mess around with. Because these falling angels came as anointed cherubs. They are fathers of lies, of subtlety, and they came with doctrines of devils. They infiltrate the church, and they bothered people. Why? Because Satan is the father of lies and subtlety. Now, I tell some folks, when you hear these miracle workers come by, don't go there. Many refuse to listen to me. That's fine. I mean, you're, you're an adult. You can do what you feel like in your life. You choose where you want to go. Well, I'm telling you why it's hard to people don't go. Because the devil is coming with lying wonders. With all signs and miracles. And he may offer you something as a solution. But honey, it's a seduction. Not a solution. And he deceived Adam and Eve. And they did not get what they wanted. And they got more than they bargained for. Let's worship the Lord. Now, we know Satan is subtle. I mean, he will not come in a way that you can recognize him. He comes as an angel of light. He does not want you to know who he is or what he is all about. He wants you to be ignorant of him. Because everybody in this world, everything in this world happening now, that's contrary to the Bible, Satan is behind it all. All the killing, all the rapes, all the murder, all the immorality, all what goes on in the world... There's one person responsible for it, Satan. Can you believe that? The enemy of man, number one. The one that lies. One that stole the word when it was preached in the first round. The one that persecuted that one plucked up by the root. The one that choked that vineyard. That's the one I'm talking about. Now, he's the father of lies. He's called the God of this world. Is he really God? No! He wants to be God. So he wants to sit in the seat of God and show himself as God. Well, he knows enough about God to imitate God because he was a covering cherub. He was close to the throne of God. In fact, he was the closest to all the other angels. So he knows what to 
and how to counterfeit the things of God. Now, when He comes to you, we know He's of darkness, but He come as the angel of light. And the devil does not come and say, well, I'm the devil. And when he says false apostles and prophets, he doesn't say, oh, I'm the... When God was telling me about some people in his church, he corrected, and they went to the next church downtown. Because that church downtown allowed them to do what he said they could not do. That's how the devil works. He says, too far to go to Bethel to worship Jerusalem. Let's go down to Samaria. I'll give you a golden calf. Now, folks, there's a lot different between a calf and a lamb. <laughs> Hello? Why would you worship amen, a golden calf when God said worship the lamb? Amen. But when you're deceived, you can't see good. Your eyes are fogged. And you think you're right. And there's a way that seems right to a man. But that way is death and destruction. That means deception. You're deceived. Because Satan hates the word, the name, the blood, and the fivefold ministry. You know why? We expose him. We pull the rug from under him. We pull the sheet from off him. We pull the veil off him. And we say, look at him. Look how small he is. He's not as big as the think he is. He's a liar and the father of lies. Don't believe a word he's saying. Every time he opens his mouth, he's lying. <laughs> but he transformed himself and his men as false apostles, false prophets, false brethren. Amen. Children of the devil. I know some people jump the ship and sit down on the road that keeps their soul alive. Honey, you can't keep your body alive in a leper colony. <laughs> Amen. It takes a long time to realize you're going to be infected, but you've been infected. You can't walk into leprosy and come out clean. Once you touch it, you are unclean. And you can't give place to the devil and him not take over, friend. He will not just be a passenger. He wants to be the chauffeur. When he comes in, he takes over the house. He wants to be the head of the house and kick Christ out. Hello? Now, he's called the sower of tears. He's called Beelzebub, Apollyon, Abandon, the wicked one, the wise of devils, and doctrine of devils. He's called all these names, and everyone is an attribute to tell you something about him. God is trying to expose the devil. God's trying to tell you about his attributes that no matter what form he comes, whether from the east, the west, the north, or the south, you can identify and say, That's the devil. That's the voice of the wicked one. <laughs> I say, Amen. The cuckoo bird knows how to imitate the sound of the real thing and can mess things up. Hello? The mockingbirds who can imitate other birds and other sounds. And the devil knows how to do it so well today. we got so many religions and so many churches. And people are in witchcraft and sorcerers and necromancers and cultic and astrology and don't even know it. The only time an astrologer was ever correct in his life and in their ministry, only one time, three wise men, astrologers, gazing at the stars and for the first time found the real star hallelujah Satan is not that star 
and let, let them ride to where Jesus was. And they gave him the gift. I wish those Gemini readers and the secretaries and all these people with the horoscope. Give your horoscope, honey, and look up God's scope and see that he's a real star in your life. And you need to realize, my friend, that the seat and the name and the authority of Satan is a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. Can you recognize it? That woman dressed in scarlet and purple and red and, and a cup in her hand, she's a counterfeit. Those apostles up there are counterfeit. I see folks walk in this building, came in there saved. And God explains so clearly the oneness of God. The new birth baptism. And they sat right there as if you just said nothing. You know why? The gods of this world have blinded the minds of them that believe not. You know what I mean, my friend, blinded? Isaac was deceived because his eyes went dim. And Jacob could go in there and, and mocked him and act like Esau and took from him which he would never have given up had he had clear 20-20 vision. Worship God. I would to God, everybody in this church would obey the Scripture. Face your trial with worship. Face your problem with praise. That's your way out to here. You're not going to leave this world without scars. Your scars will make you a spiritual star. If you're a dope addict, you cannot give it up without withdrawal. You're not sincere, you'll give in. You'll all substitute and still be a drug in another form. Amen. But the real deliverance comes when you make up in your mind, if I perish, I'll perish. If I suffer, I'm suffering. But I'm not giving in. I'm going to be free. Free from chains. Free from shackles. I want to tell you, church, I made up in my mind, I'm not going to hell. I'm not going to a lake of fire. I'm not spending my rendezvous with the devil and the fallen angels. My mind is made up. My heart is fixed. And I know the difference between Jesus and the devil and Christ and Belial and Trinity and oneness of God. I know the difference, honey. I'm going to stick with that. I don't care what the cost is. I'm going to hear it with the truth, my friend. I'm not going to be sifted by the devil. Satan will love to sift you and me as wheat. That means manipulate us, agitate us, vegetate us, and degenerate us. But make up in your mind, I'm not one of your terrorists. Oh, like Anna, don't you count me the girl of Belial. You got the wrong girl, my friend. 
Hallelujah. I like what Shadrach and Amishak and Abednego say. You got the wrong guy. I don't bow to your music. When I see the real God, I'll bow until I see that I ain't bowing. I like Mordecai say, Amen. You may be promoted in science and technology, but you don't move me one bit. I ain't bound to you. For the first commandment said, Don't do it. But some people, Satan capture at will. I used to watch people get manipulated by the devil. He, 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 he controlled their mood. They were bipolar spiritually. We got spiritual bipolars with manic depression. Huh? They're bipolar. Up and down, up and down, up and down, in and out, in and out. And all because seven more devils walk in there. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. When you shut that gate, honey, you can't walk in. Those seven deadly sins won't get back in your life. The devil will send lying wonders. Hmm? I like David. David said, look, you're not going to crown me king. You see, God told Saul, destroy the Amalekites because they'll destroy you and your family if you don't do something about it. Oh, the king said, well, you know, come on. He talked him out of it. Hello? And Saul spared him. We don't have pity. You know how Saul died, folks? The Malachites that he spared cut his head off. You know how he did it? He stepped up on Saul's chest and took his big old sword and cut his head off. When a bear captures a victim, you know how he does it? He stands up on it and goes, Territorial. This is mine. Hello. And then he started tearing into it. What he did, and he took the crown off his head with his head and brought the head with the crown to David. Think about it. You know why? Saul was playing footsie with witchcraft. I mean, devils. He could not wait on the Spirit of God. She went to the spirit of a witch, which he should have wiped up in the beginning anyhow, and he didn't. And they brought the crown to David, to crown David. David says, I don't want the world to crown me. I'm telling you, friend, the world offered Jesus everything. He said, I want to be king, but not by your means. My ways by way of Calvary. Whatever it takes for your will to break to wear that crown, it's worth it. Whatever it takes to make you worthy of wedding God of Jesus Christ, it's going to be worth it. You set out cheap, friend, and you will spend eternity with the devil and wish you hadn't. Go through it all. So through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to take him at his word. And Saul lost his life because the devil deceived him. And David says, not me. And the Bible said later on, he provoked David. When David was out of the will of God, he got provoked. You know what he did? He numbered Israel. But who did it? The devil provoked him. He just said, get behind me, Satan. But no, he said, tell me more, Satan. And the devil, the moment you start conversing with the devil, it's over. Let's worship Jesus. Now you ought to realize when the devil comes to this church or to any of us, he comes to kill, murder, 
destroy, steal, lie, cheat us of salvation, separate you from God, reverse the blessings of God on your life. That's what He come to do, to overthrow your house. But you got to get faith and realize that's my adversary. The book of Judges is an example to warn every one of us today that in the book of Judges, the children of the saints forgot those seven nations or adversaries still. The devil is like a lamb when you're powerful, but when you're weak, he's a roaring lion. Hallelujah. Somebody said about China, Isaiah the Great, leave her alone. Don't wake her up. She's a sleeping giant. And so he didn't go there. He conquered the world, but never touched China. He said, if you do it, you're walking in a wasp's nest. You can't get out of it. America went into Iraq and tried to get out. and couldn't get out. They're still fighting today. You see, my friend, once the devil gets a hold of you, you're not getting back to Jesus except by the very good grace of God. back than when you first came in. When you first came in, you had one devil's bothering you. There's one devil bothering you. But the second time back, friend, there are seven plus ones. Jesus said it's worse. Your end is worse than the beginning. It's ten times harder to get back. But who's blocking you? Satan. Cutting you off. God don't love you. God don't want you. God won't forgive you. God won't. That's what he told Judas. And he hung himself and he died. I want to tell you, church, the devil is going to be cast down on the earth. And when he does, it's not like when the Holy Ghost fell upon us in Pentecost. When the devil comes down from heaven, the, the world is not worshipped by the wall. Pentecost, God's Spirit descend like a, like a dove upon us. And we worship God. When he comes down, it's wall to the inhabitants of the earth, where is he taking us? In a cataclysmic war, then death and hell and the grave, and then find the lake of fire. Satan is your adversary. Amen. Jesus Christ wants us to know this. Moses held him by his tail, but you can bruise his head. You can knock him right out. I say you can knock him out. You can knock him out with your heel, saints of God. God give it up. Holy Ghost shoot to put on your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel. And the whole purpose is to step on the devil. Step on the devil. The Bible said Paul was in a mission trip and a serpent came and bit him. And he just shook him off in the fire. It's time for the church to have a revival fire that will burn the devil up. You can burn up the devil by lighting the fire of revival. I realize everybody can't go to heaven. I realize everybody is not worthy to suffer with Jesus. And I realize some folk will take the easy road and go that route. But for me and my house, my body, we're going to stay with the program. I have no idea what's going to take down the road. But I'm going to sing the song through life till I see Jesus. And whatever it takes for my will to break. That's what I'll do till I see Jesus. I want to tell you somebody right now, the devil can be chained 
for a thousand years. And we'll have no temperature of that. These new songs, I don't like them too much because they give them the hope of victory. They're weird. And sometimes they remind people who are morally way off. And the Spirit come in their song. There's a Spirit come with the song that we sing. The Bible says, Saul, when the evil spirit of Satan approached him and was hurting him, and he was getting demented, and paranoia hits him, that he was wicked and murderous in his heart, always schizophrenic. And then the Bible said they called for David. And David took up that string of instruments. Hallelujah. And put it between his legs. And began to play for his mercies. Endure it forever. Satan couldn't understand the song of Paul and Silas when their backs were blooded and whipped in the jailhouse. They did not accuse God. They did not blame God. They didn't curse God. But they followed Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They followed the examples, amen, of, of the man called Daniel. And they began to sing praises unto God like David would have sang. And when they did, the Bible said, a beautiful spirit came down. Hallelujah. And the evil spirit disappeared. I want to tell you, church, there is an environment in the church that's not in the world. When they walked through that door, they entered a place of praise and thanksgiving for His mercies endured forever. I'm trying to tell you, church, you can't walk in His presence and not feel the Shekinah glory. You can't come here and not leave better than you come because He's the Prince of Peace and the King of Peace. Oh, clap to Jesus. Hallelujah! Just a song. Every morning when I wake up, this automatic a song is in my heart. I start singing a song of Zion. I don't know what I have to face in the morning, but I know the song. He put a song in my heart. A song of praise. Hallelujah. I don't need to ask Him why. I just need to know that He's in charge. Hallelujah. And I realize that the devil is trying to hurt me. And God used my temptation to give me testimony. Hallelujah. Use my problem to give me amen. Uh, perils of amen. Uh, possible the pearls. Uh, hallelujah. And the devil will be chained one of these days. Uh, and sin will be no more. But that time has not yet come. Until then, uh, I'm going to keep on seeking. I'm going to seek on believing until God comes. Hear me tonight before we finish tonight. The first coming of Jesus Christ was to overcome the wicked works of the devil. God brought you and me in this church for a reason. To destroy the powers of sin that Satan has on you. God brought you and me in this church to deliver us from the penalty of our sins. God brought you and me here tonight to bring you free from the presence of sin. And God wants you to have, amen, the gift of His grace. That's the first coming. Thank God for a church. I can run to it. Satan hate when I know the Scripture. That's why we have our young kids read the Scripture. And when they grow up, they don't have to count beads. Amen. Or see horoscopes. Or see witchcraft. Or necromancies. Or some cultic beliefs. 
They can go back to the Word of God. Where would shall a young man or a young girl cleanse their heart? But by taking heed to the Word of God. Jonah shocked that woman and said, How can I ever do this and sin against God? She never heard such sacred word in all her life. She always had acquiescence. But this time, he said, you got the wrong guy. I know that's from the devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need somebody in this church to realize you can overcome your adversary, the devil. He may be roaring as a lion, but he's not a lion. He may seek to devour, but like David, you will not become his lamb chop. God's going to pull you out of the mouth of the lion and from the paws of the bear. I want to tell somebody, my friend, Satan may try to work you over, but don't let him deceive you, honey. Keep your mind on God. Plead the blood of Jesus. Quote the word of God and tell the devil, your works is of, the, of Satan. You are a child of the devil, Satan. You're not going to touch me. And the children of Satan will not graft me into their beliefs. You know, in this world, we've got children of the devil. Church of Satan. Hello, child of the devil. Works of the devil. Think about it. Do you know the difference? Do you know the difference? Because God said it was possible that very elect would have been deceived. Let's worship God. Did you know the devil is a father? He's a father of lies. Do you know the devil knows the truth? But he abode not in it. Do you know the devil believes in the oneness of God? And he trembles. You know, he knows who we are. He said, through the sons of Sceva, a bunch of cultic men, come out of Jews. Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? The devil knows God's people. I said, he knows them. And the saints overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And instead of going to a bombless pit, we go to a, a, heaven, a heaven, heaven beyond heavens. Let's worship him again. Worship Jesus. I want to tell someone tonight, give no place to the devil. God asked me this morning, I wonder how my people would react if I was to put them in a place of testing. You see, this church could have been filled with a lot of people, but we lose them in the screening process. If all this church is building is wood and hay and stubble, when the fire comes, the hay and the stubble and the paper will not survive. The only thing that will survive the fiery trial that come against the church. Guess what? Precious pearls. Diamonds. Pressure does not hurt diamonds. And fire does not destroy gold. Amen. And I watched in church where you sat, they once sat. This is the same mold Jesus had for the apostle. The same mold we have here today. One by one, they're falling. Anything linked with Satan is going to fall. 
It says there will be a great falling away. Falling to what? To the devil. Falling like Babylon. Falling like Judas. Like the kingdom of this world. You see, I've learned by experience. I stand. Satan will come to an end. There's coming a day when Satan will fight, fight the last battle. Upset the last saint for the last time. There comes a time when the people of God are going to narrow look at him and say, Is this the guy that caused the world so much trouble? Is that him? I can't believe it. The Bible predicts that. So the day is coming when the overcomer is going to look at his ashes and say, e- 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 That's him? That guy? You see, nobody thought Goliath could be whipped. Nobody ever defeated a giant. In Israel, ever did. Read the book of Judges. Nobody ever did until David came on the scene. And David showed Israel giants can be defeated. And every one of you tonight, and myself included, have to face Goliath. When I was a new convert living for God, and the first thing come my way was to run, look for deliverance. And God said, Wherever you go, He'll come back to you. And all I could hear was the voice of Goliath through the mouth of Satan. Destroy me or serve me. Destroy me or serve me. No matter where I went, with the same. So like David, stand sure-footed. It's all right, let's go through it. Hallelujah. David didn't run from Goliath. He ran towards him. Goliath was symbolic of satanic power. And David took five stones. Maybe the five initial of Jehovah. I don't know what it meant. But they come up with five. We learn later on he got five brothers. Four more brothers beside himself. So David prophetically picked up those stones. That stone represents Jesus Christ. And David did this. And, hallelujah. Hallelujah. David said, I can't fight Goliath with the worldly weapons. I need what I know God is using. He went, bang, and let go. There were both prophesying. Goliath told him, I'm going to throw you to the birds. And David said, I'm going to do likewise with your head. And David hit him in the forehead. And he fell, and David borrowed his sword, cut his head off, and held it right up. That's what God wants you to do, church. He wants you to defeat the adversary tonight. Satan does not want you to be saved. I'll prove it to you. Here's Paul preaching to some barbarians and the Benedictine, and he's trying to tell about the oneness of God and salvation, and this guy, Elamus, bar Jesus, rose up. And try to turn him away. Maybe somebody convinced you you should not live for God. Maybe somebody convinced you, don't go to that church. Don't listen to that preacher. They're way off. They're way off in another world. Don't listen to them. That's not God talking to you, friend. That's the devil. And Paul is trying to preach to the guy, and the guy is being interrupted and pushing the deputy away. We need to face up. And Paul says, 
Thou child of the devil, bar Jesus. How long will you stand in the way of truth? You're about to be blind physically for a season. And God turned around and honored that word. And bar Jesus, or Elimus, as his name was, he got blinded immediately. And the deputy was shocked at the gospel power. Greater is he that's for us than he that's against us. I want you to bow your heads right now. I want to ask you right now. Do you have the power? Those Satan rages. Is there anybody right here? The devil's beating you up. We're still saying, we got the power in the name of Jesus. Those Satan rages. I shall never be defeated. We got the power. Anybody here? Let me give you a chance. We've got the power in the name of Jesus. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Those saints and rangers, we shall now be defeated. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. We've got the power in the name of Jesus. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Those Satan we will never be defeated. We've got the power 